Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to build a thriving and sustainable business as an author. And yes, the intro music is a lot different this week, and we'll get into the reason for that shortly. But first, let's talk about how most of us learn best practices for audience building. Primarily, we listen to and learn from other authors, maybe on podcasts like this one, or in books written by authors on how they've done it. Or maybe we learn by asking questions in social media groups or in forums or at conferences. But there are other creative entrepreneurs out there who deal with the same need to build fan bases, artists, filmmakers, photographers, musicians, and more. What can we learn from them and how they build their businesses? That's something I've been thinking about a lot recently. So I'm pleased to have singer, songwriter, author, and creative entrepreneur Charlotte Erickson on as this week's guest. The intro music you heard a moment ago comes from a song called White Spaces, written and performed by Charlotte, who, as you'll hear during the interview, has branded herself as The Glass Child. I listened to her music while doing the research for this episode, and what I learned while doing that research is that she's a talented marketer who's built an enormous audience for her work in both music and writing. I also learned that I really liked her music, which has gone into my writing music rotation, you know, the music that we listen to while we write. In this episode, we'll talk about what Charlotte does to build her audience and how it applies to authors, and we'll even do a little comparing and contrasting. Then we'll close the show with another of Charlotte's songs titled Save Me. You see, Charlotte is an indie artist, just like many of us, so she has complete control over her creative output. So when I asked her if it was okay to play her music on the podcast, she was able to say yes. As always, we'll have links to everything we mentioned in the show at theauthorbiz.com. Okay, let's get this one started. One of the things that I found when researching Charlotte was that she'd sold 20,000 copies of a book of poetry. So my first question to her was, is that true? Did you really sell 20,000 copies of a book of poetry? I actually really did. Uh, <laughs> slowly, though. It took, it took a few years, uh -huh. but uh, little by little and by shaking hands and getting into a lot of different strange places, yeah. Really? So a lot, like a lot of like hand selling kind of things? Yeah. So I both sell my books in my online store. I sell them on Amazon and I also, I, I play shows and I go out and I tour and then I always have my books with me. So I sell a couple of uh, copies after every show and uh, yeah, I just bring them with me everywhere. So. Okay. So you've got, at the end of the show, you've got probably like a table with some books and some CDs and things like that. That's, that's cool. I Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really good because then I can call out from the stage that I do have my books with me and some CDs. So please come say hi. And if you want the book, you can you can buy it there. Now, that's something that most authors can't do. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I think I do think a lot of authors, uh, at least nonfiction authors, do speaking engagements yes. or maybe workshops or teaching or stuff like that. And then, of course, they should have their book with them or just a flyer with their a website or, or something that people can bring with them from the event. All right. I'm, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here a little bit. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you about the poetry book, but you do a lot of different things. So when you go I to do. a party and, and someone says, hey, what do you do? How do you answer that question? Right. So I, I usually say I'm a songwriter and an author. 
okay. because everything st- sort of goes from there. I do quite a lot of different things. I, I play live and I uh, coach and I teach, but um, everything goes from being a songwriter and an author. And a recording artist. Because I was, as I was preparing for this, as everyone who listens to this show knows, I do a lot of research. And yeah. you are the first person that I've ever researched where I could listen to your music while I was doing the research, which was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> a little soundtrack. Yes. Yes. And um, I really liked it. Hey, um, can we, Thank like you. at the end of the show, can we play something of yours? Oh, for sure. Please okay. do. All right. I just wanted to be sure I had your permission to do that. Do yes. I have to check with anyone else or? No, no, no. You're it's, an indie. I, oh, yeah, I'm an indie. I own everything I make, so okay, cool. I give you permission. All right, thank you. <laughs> All right, I am I am intrigued by the idea that there are all these authors out there trying to do the same thing, to gin up interest in their books, in their writing, in themselves, platform building, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we're all focused on following other authors and seeing what other authors do. And for the most part, you know, we're not we're not the most creative group in the world when it when it comes time to building a platform and and websites and blogging and and just the the kinds of things other than writing books. Uh, and, and then there are musicians who are also trying to do the same thing. They're trying to build an audience, trying to get people who would be interested enough in them to buy their music and however you buy music now. So there's it's that cross pollination has has intrigued me for the last couple of years, and here you are, a singer, songwriter, musician, and an author. So, in your mind, is is there a clear difference in the way audiences are built between uh, it, between the author world and the musician world? There is right now, I would say, because just like uh, indie authors learn how to market their own books, songwriters learn how to market their own music. And so it becomes these communities. But what I love is that um, I learned how to uh, market my book and I took all that knowledge and promoted my album with all that knowledge. And in the same way, I took what I knew about music marketing and put into my book marketing. So I think that both, and it's the same, I am not a photographer myself or uh, an, any other sort of artist, but I do think that all kinds of creative entrepreneurs can learn so much from each other. Um, but I would say maybe specifically, if I can say something, um, Songwriters are very good at creating a, a persona, mm-hmm. um, a character of sorts, without making it too fictionalized. But um, they can they can brand themselves with their clothing and their uh, their photography on their websites and the the album artwork. And they're very good at creating like a um, a character that that will intrigue people to listen to their music. While authors, I have found, are not as good as uh, branding their whole sort of business with a very clear, intriguing um, aesthetic. They're usually very good at branding their story and their characters, but you need to find something that that will catch people before they read your story. And so I think maybe that's what authors can learn from songwriters. Um, that's, I would that's say. really interesting. And as soon as you started talking about that and songwriters branding themselves, then it just kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's completely obvious when you hear it, but it's not something that I'd ever thought of before. I was listening to a podcast one time with an author who was suggesting that people use pseudonyms mm-hmm. uh, to write because uh, for a variety of reasons, but one of them was that 
your pseudonym could become your character. And your character could do things that you might not be comfortable doing as you, the author, but this is not you, the author. This is you, the character. Is that sort of what you're talking about from a songwriter perspective? Oh, yeah, for sure. And actually, that's sort of what I did without really knowing what I was doing because I was so young when I started it. But I released my music under The Glass Child. That is my artist name. and uh, I, So that's I, really it. Okay, because yeah. I thought I thought that was just like branding. I thought that was like an album name that you just carried through or something. That's that's that is your musician name. Yes, exactly. That's okay. what I release all my music under. Okay. And uh, like I said, I didn't really understand that it was such a sort of good marketing uh, trick because I was like 16 years old when I came up with that. But it has become a way for me to uh, tell a story through my music and keep it consistent and not sort of float out too much. Um, and I, I, it's easy when I know what the glass child stands for. I can go with that message and uh, work with my photographers or my book covers or album covers and music videos and all things like that because I have already such a clear sort of image of what the glass child does, what she is. Has your image of who the glass child is changed over the course of the last few years? Because you mentioned oh, you were yeah. 16 when you started. <laughs> For sure, yeah. And it changes all the time, you know? And I think that it, no matter... Uh, if you're an author or, or a songwriter, your uh, abilities change and you grow up and your interests change. So, of course, um, the glass child has, has grown up together with me. But that's also the fun part because uh, you, you sort of reinvent your character all the time. One of the things I noticed in going through your various websites was the clear branding message. Uh, that was always there. Not a, not like an in-your-face, I'm going to sell you something branding message, but just uh, the branding message, it, this is who I am, and this is why you should be interested in what I'm doing. Uh, is that something that you've always had, or is that something that you've developed through the years? I think uh, I always wanted to, um, I knew what I wanted to say with my story when I started, uh, but I didn't really know how to communicate it clearly. So it's definitely something I have learned and I have tweaked my website during years and I go in all the time and tweak the texts or pictures and stuff like that. But um, yeah, because I, I, I knew right away what I wanted The Glass Child and my books and my music to be about. And I wanted it to be about my my journey of trying to become something rather than uh, just a genre or um, just one alone standing book. So I wanted that message to be clear. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't know how to communicate that, but I just started a website many years ago. I think I was, it was probably 10 years ago when I started my first website. And, you know, 10 years, you go in and tweak a little bit and you perfect the message and you get feedback and you find inspiration from other people and, and slowly the message becomes clear and um, yeah, I definitely think branding is a, an ongoing project. I think you will never be finished with it, but um, you have to start somewhere. And for so many people, they think of branding in terms of colors. And you have, from a color perspective, yours, it, your websites are sort of monochromatic. Uh, they're, I don't know, I'm, I'm terrible with this kind of thing, <laughs> but they're striking. They're striking and they are, they are similar. But your branding goes well beyond colors. It's like you've said, you've, you've got the story that you want to tell and it's there on every single page of your website. 
Exactly. And I, that's, again, I think when it comes to, uh, if you know your your deeper core message, what you want people to associate your name with. So I knew right away I wanted people to associate the glass child with a specific sort of um, dream, you can say, a sort of character. And when you have that message and you have worked it out clear, so that it's clear and you can explain it, it's easy to uh, go to your photographer and just explain that character. So, for example, in, in, when I make um, a music video, I don't really show examples of other music videos. I just try to explain the glass child, what she stands for, because then the people will understand and the arch becomes around the message. So when it comes to my website, instead of trying to make it about a specific color or a specific font, I build it from what I want the story to be about. Um, so I'm, I, I think I could put a lot of colors into my websites and still make it about the message, but I want it to be just about the message. So I'm keep, keeping it super simple with black and white and uh, not a lot of clutter on it, I hope. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know you at all other than, than spending some time on your website, but just from chatting with you and the little bit I've read, uh, you sort of took off as a young person and decided to, you, you were going to do your thing. You were going to make it, you had these things you wanted to do and you were going to do it and you wanted to learn how to do it on your own. And how, how have you how have you absorbed all of this information and been able to utilize it over the course of all of these years? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I should write a book about that. <laughs> um, you know what? I think, uh, first of all, I'm just a person who who is super eager to learn about everything that I'm passionate about. So um, when I started to release music and I wanted to write a book, I didn't know anything about uh, marketing or branding or anything like that. But I was so uh, determined to get my art out. So I just threw myself into it and I did everything it took to learn about it. I did internships at publishing houses. I uh, walked around with editors just to see how they did it. I started to listen to podcasts and read uh, books and blogs and just try to learn everything so that I could slowly get an understanding for how people put a professional book together and release it. And so I think I am just someone who loves learning about stuff. And then I try to sort of explain experiment with my knowledge through my own projects, through my own creations. Uh, but it's, it's a lifelong, a lifelong project to learn about everything. <laughs> it's interesting because there are a lot of people who, when they want to learn to write or learn to publish a book or learn to write songs or do anything, uh, they will, they will go in one particular direction in, in terms of learning. Like I've spoken to a lot of people because I do podcasting who say, I, everything I've learned about publishing, I, I learned from podcasting. And maybe they didn't go out and read books, or maybe they didn't get an internship at, in a publishing house. Uh, was, one, was one of those methods of learning more valuable than others to you? I think that, to be honest, I think that that is what creates my unique um, expertise, because I could, I can take small bits from a lot of different areas. So I learned some stuff by uh, doing internships at advertising companies, and I take a little bit of that. Then I listen to all these uh, author podcasts, and I take all that knowledge, and I create my own sort of um, 
education from it mm-hmm. and I can put up more creations. So, I mean, I, I do think that you can learn so much from listening to podcasts, but if you sort of um, also go and read a book or also go and take a, a live workshop, you're going to get more sort of different angles on the same subject and you can then create your own understanding of it and create your own marketing plan or your own whatever it is you want to create so um i think it's whatever whatever however you learn is super good but i have always found it super useful to to at least take from two different sources okay now uh, one of the things your publicist or the the person who emailed me mentioned was the idea of the thousand true fans, which was Kevin Kelly's idea from way back in the day, probably maybe before you were born. Um, I'm not sure exactly when <laughs> yeah, it came out, then. but yeah, I mean, it was a while ago, but this is something that you do in, in your own life. Uh, you not only do it for yourself, you, you help to teach other people to do this as well, to build that audience of people who, with with whom your work resonates how do you do it that more than trying to find the number 1000 fans it's about figuring out your very specific audience so it's not about finding a specific number of fans it's just about being very very sure about who are your people and where do you find them and how do they want to find you and uh, how do you communicate with them? So the first thing I do when I help other, both artists and authors, is to really make sure that they know, back to the branding, what is their core message? Because that is what's going to pull people into you. So usually it's not um, a book, a finished book that will pull people into you. It's the message that that book brings. So instead of trying to push a physical product and trying to sell it on to people, you introduce a problem or a question or a, a salvation and then you say, oh, you know what, I also have a book about this. And even if it's, uh, you know, fiction, it's about fiction is entertainment and you are selling a story or characters where people can lose themselves into a specific world. And so many people are looking for whatever it is you create, but you need to go and find them. So that's what I always start with to make the... Um, the message super clear and know exactly what it is that you want to sort of ask people. And then it's it's about, you know, market research sounds so dry, but um, there are so many different avenues where both authors and artists um, don't really go. So, for example, this is a super useful thing that authors use that songwriters don't use. So many bands and artists, they have an album and they go to the music blogs. The problem is no music fans read music blogs it's only you know it's only the the music bloggers that read the music blogs Mm -hmm. so if you want to reach the fans you need to figure out but where do the fans go usually maybe they read a lifestyle magazine or uh, the newspaper or just hang on spotify so that's where you should go and it's the same with authors instead of going to sort of the book bloggers uh go to places where just normal people hang out um, cause that's where you will find that the sort of normal people who are not in this little bubble of us. <laughs> well, what do you mean go to places where normal people hang out? Are you talking physical places? Are you talking online places? You mentioned Spotify for musicians. Are there places like Spotify for authors? 
Well, a, a really good example is um, there is this big yoga festival called Wanderlust. Yoga? And Yes, a yoga festival. Okay, right. It's a huge festival. I think, I'm not sure, there's different places in America, then there is some in, in Germany. And for example, I reached out to... Um, to someone who had written some sort of article about that yoga festival. Now, I have nothing to do with yoga, but I do write about positive um, mental health and self-love and gratitude and, and some sort of meditation and positive messages. And I asked if I could send my book to this journalist who had written an article about that festival. And she said, yeah, of course. And turns out this girl was writing for a few different sort of uh, online sites and magazines and she loved the book and she wrote this article and just placed it in this very very tiny small um, blog website for teenagers mm -hmm. that was about uh, positive body image and stuff like that and that's a site that I probably would have never thought of promoting my book on because they don't write specifically about books but I thought that the message of the book could fit someone who likes yoga, mm -hmm. you know? So that's what I mean with go to different places where normal people hang that. Just think about someone who wants to read a, a romance book. Well, they probably like uh, a specific sort of music or a specific sort of a restaurant or whatever. And to go to these places rather than a music blog or a book blog, because not a lot of uh, normal day-to-day -day people go and read these sites. Now, one of the things that authors do that it sounds like musicians do as well, when you were talking about the musicians would would post things on music blogs thinking that music fans were reading the music blogs, and they're not. Right. One of the things that authors do when they blog is to blog about writing. And they are, in effect, talking to other writers. They're not talking to readers. Is there a way, because when you were talking about the message, if 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 you're a fiction author, the message is oftentimes the feeling that you get by reading a book. If you're if it's, if you're a romance author, there's a certain feeling that you want your readers to have. If you're a thriller author, there's there's a a certain intensity that you want your readers to feel. Is there a way to get that across um, with with branding and in you know something that you could do without laying your book out on your website? To let people oh. get a sense of that feeling? Oh, for sure. Um, you know, both like uh, colors and font and stuff like that. These are obvious things like red is a warm color and black is a cold, cold color. But also like, um, for example, if you're using social media, uh, Instagram, you can create a whole sort of aesthetic and feeling on Instagram that intrigues people and that makes your whole account look like a horror world. You don't have to have one single picture of books on there, but it is the sort of world that the people who want to read uh, a thriller wants to step into. And so you create this sort of world and then you say, I have a book and it fits perfectly in this world where you are. And they're going to want to read it because they're already in your world. And that's what you can do with a website. You can create this sort of world that people can step into and they find themselves because it, this is your, uh, your audience, of course. That's the world they want to find. And then 
suddenly it can be on the end of the page you say I have a book or I have an album and it's the soundtrack to this world or whatever mm -hmm. and I think that that is you know the essence of branding to make people sort of step into your world and feel like it's so much more than just a product it is a whole sort of concept and a vision for for something and it's so the good thing also when you do that is that you're not selling just one book you can you can sell all your books into that world because people mm -hmm. become fans of the world and not just one one sort of book and when you say in into the world it'll be easy for some of our listeners to think uh specifically of of science fiction where there are these worlds that are created but there are worlds that are created in in all kinds of writing uh cozy mystery authors create fictional towns that become the worlds for their stories so they're everywhere so it's it's not just science it's not star, it's not just star star wars star wars i was going to say star <laughs> Oh so yeah, no, age. for sure. So for example, uh, my I have a book called You're Doing Just Fine, and it's a short little book uh, with um, prose poetry. With, That's the book uh, that sold 20,000 copies. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> and so, you know, that book is obviously, it's, it's short uh, prose poetry pieces, so it's not even a whole story. But I can still create a world around that, and the world that I'm trying to create is that uh, my, my target audience for that book is girls between 15 and 25 years old. So it's a very young audience. And these girls, I, I see them as they read this book when they are alone. They are sitting by themselves. They want to get something uh, in, in their heads that is positive and they want to feel good about themselves. And it's like their own alone time. So my world is sort of saying, this is your time. Sit down, have some coffee light a candle and read a few poems and that's a world and I can invite people into that world mm. without even mentioning my book I can um, have like a folk song in the background and I can have really nice colors and like make it calm and peaceful and say if you are my girl between 15 and 25 you want to be here and then I say now you can sit down and read my book so it's definitely not just for uh, for sci-fi and stuff like that and it occurs to me, I have not listened to all of your music, but I probably listened to 45 minutes uh, of it today. And it oh, is wow. exactly the kind of thing that you would want to listen to with a candle and uh, a cup of a warm drink or something and uh, kicking back and, and reading. So oh, is, is that a part <laughs> of, of your, is your music also a part of your world building? I do think, yeah, I think that my music and my, my book sort of reflect each other uh, but, you know, the interesting is that I do have quite a few fans who are fans of my books, but who don't necessarily like my music. And I do have a lot of fans of my music who straight up say, I don't really read, so I haven't read your books, which is totally fine. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I do think that everything I create is around this, uh, the core message. So I do think they reflect each other, even if I don't really think about that when I create it. Okay, one of the things that you do on your website that becomes more of a challenge, I think, in, in Europe than maybe in other places in the world is selling product from your website. How do you, how do you pull that off, like physical right. product? Yes, so I have my, my online store where I sell all my physical CDs and books and some merch and, and hats and beanie hats and stuff. Um, and you know what? That is has been a huge part of my, um, my income, my revenue streams, because um, it is super, super expensive to ship stuff 
to all over the world. Mm -hmm. But people love having a physical book or having a physical CD. And then I can sign the stuff. I can send a, a little sticker with them. And it becomes like a promotional tool too, even if they, they pay for it, because then they take pictures of it and post it on their Instagrams and on Facebook and share quotes. And it's just a, a beautiful way to get people share my stuff. But again, also, I bring these things with me um, when I go on tour. So it's just a way for, for people all over the world to get their hands on it. So do you actually have like all this stuff in an apart in your apartment or something like that? <laughs> yeah, it, it is a bit of a warehouse. My <laughs> my little room is a warehouse. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the other thing I noticed is again it, it goes back to the branding thing and and I guess to the world creation thing is it all sort of fits together. It all you feel like you're in the same place when you go to the store. Are you using a a different like somebody else's store technology to do that? Yes, I'm using bigcartel.com. Um, Say that again. Bigcartel.com. Okay. And uh, it is free to create an account. You have to pay a premium fee if you want over, I think it is over 15 products. And I I do have quite a lot of products on there. So um, I think it is just like $9 a month or something. Um, but it's a super, super good um website because you can design it really really easily you just create a template and then you can tweak the colors and the fonts and you can uh, buy your own domain so that you don't have to have bigcartel.com uh, but you can have you can have that too if you want to and it's easy for authors to figure out how how we could get physical books you just buy them yourself and have them shipped to your house how do you, how do you get those other things made like the caps and uh, keychains and things like that yeah, so first I would say I have um, found out that a lot of authors get their physical books by ordering from their own CreateSpace accounts, yes. which I would say don't do that because it's the most expensive way to get your book to you. There are so many uh, good um, print-on-demand or uh, just printing companies in in america in the uk in germany i'm using a company in the uk it's called uh, bookprinting.co.uk or something super simple and basically you just um, fill in your template you send over the covers and the interior and you create everything and they just ship it to you and you can order from 100 x to probably 10,000 if you would want to and it's so much cheaper than than amazon and it goes two to three weeks and you have it. So definitely I would say that first. But it's the same when I um, create t-shirts or uh, key rings. Just, uh, I just use these these companies. There are so many companies to create sort of merchandise. Mm-hmm. You know, it's merchandise companies. And uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cheap to print these things. The, the expensive thing is the, the shipping. <laughs> shipping them out, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the hard thing is, is building a collection of people who actually want that stuff because it comes from you. Exactly. Yes. All right. Uh, let me dig in some specific questions, ask you for specific advice. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's an author out there listening, and let's say that she has a half dozen books that she's published, but she doesn't really have a brand, so to speak. It's just like she writes uh, cozy mysteries. And mm-hmm. she's got a website, and it's it's a page, and she links out to Amazon or the online stores. 
Um, what advice would you have for someone like that? Well, first of all, I would say make your online presence as easy and clear and nice as possible. And um, what I mean is when if someone would find your name and want to figure out more, they want to Google your name and then they go to your website and it needs to be so clear that they stay. The hardest thing is to make people stay. So it's the same sort of for artists. It's easy to make people land on your Spotify page, but it's very hard to make them click play. And it's the same for authors. Um, it's sort of quite easy to make people uh, see your name. You know, you can just use social media or get an interview in a, in a publication somewhere. But for people to actually actively go into your website and click on your 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 book button on the menu mm -hmm. and read more about it. It needs to be super fast, super nice, look clear. You need to tell your reader right away what you have to offer. What is the message? What sort of book is it? What can they expect? What sort of, um, again, branding needs to be super clear. And then when you have your online presence completely um, clear and nice and beautiful and exactly as it should be, then you need to figure out where your audience is. So either social media, you can use PR, of course, um, and that's where you need to sort of go in and do this dry word market research. Do they, you know, also your, um, it, a simple thing, like I said, I know that my audience is girls between 15 and 25. That's very easy for me to know that these girls do hang on Instagram. Well, if your audience is, let's say, uh, men 45 to 55, maybe they don't actually use Instagram that much. So maybe you should go somewhere else. And so you need to figure out where your audience is and come up with a compelling story that will draw them in. That's what I would say to start with. Okay. And it, it may be similar, the, the advice you give to this next fictional person out there. Um, an author who is, let's say he's 37 years old and he's just getting ready to publish his first book and he has right. no online presence at all. He has no website. He has no Facebook account. He has, oh, he has a Facebook account, but he's, he doesn't have an author page. He doesn't <laughs> have anything. Right. Then first of all, number one, always make sure that your book is up to standard with the editing and the formatting and everything like that. You don't want to put out a sort of amateur first book. You want this to be a professional product that you are proud to show to the whole world. Um, to just start up a social presence, literally just start it, start somewhere. I, I think that a lot of people are sort of intimidated, just like don't even starting a Facebook and it's so simple you just start an Instagram a Twitter a Facebook a YouTube a Pinterest and you just sort of familiar familiarize that's really hard to say mm -hmm. yourself with the platforms and you're gonna find where you get the most engagements so maybe after a while you're gonna see that oh I get I get no engagement on uh, Twitter so I'm just gonna focus on Facebook so just start somewhere start working with it make sure that your product is professional and Always a really good way to sort of get the first push is to get some sort of PR. It can be an interview. And again, I personally, I think interviews is way better um, than a review. So if you reach out to uh, a blog or a magazine or whatever it is, ask for an interview. Don't ask for a review because a review, 
I don't know how many people actually read reviews of stuff, but I do know that a lot of people are interested in interviews because it's someone's story. Mm-hmm. So, and in in a review, of course, the risk is that you get a bad review, but an interview is about someone being interested in you. So, always ask for an interview. If you get one good interview in one uh, on one blog or in one uh, newspaper, that is a beautiful way to have a reason to push it out to people, to reach out to one other publication or whatever. So, I would say that make sure that your product is good. Start your social media and get some sort of PR. Okay. Now, this this fictional 37-year-old guy, is that right? Did I say 37? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. In my dreams, I'm, I'm still 37. Um, so this is clearly <laughs> not me. But parts of this guy could be me because I'm not a musician. I didn't leave home when I was 16 to strike out on my own to do all these interesting things. I don't have this fascinating story that you do. And I'm I'm when I say I, I'm this 37 fictional 37 year old guy. I'm a guy who sits in a corner and reads, writes books. How do I, when I'm building a platform, create a persona that is interesting to anyone other than my mother? Right. So first, this is obviously the most corny answer ever, but (laughs) everyone has a story. (laughs) (laughs) No, but really everyone uh, has a story. Uh, the problem is that people often find themselves very boring while they find everyone else super interesting. Mm-hmm. So, and and also, you know, you're an author, you're a storyteller. You can r- start with yourself as you are, boring, writing, a, trying to write a book, but then you can just tweak yourself a little bit, you know? Instead of having a black car, you might have a pink car. Like, your branding doesn't have to be you to the point you're trying to create a story and it doesn't mean that you're lying it just means that you are creating something that people want to see and hear to draw them into your world so uh to to create your story just see yourself sort of from the outside because you i I promise that everyone are interesting (laughs) (laughs) and and that that is totally true because i i am i i do these interviews because i love I love talking to people and I love learning people's stories. And I'm the same way if I go to a party, I'll just corner someone and start asking them questions because <laughs> I want to learn about them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Ev- everyone everyone really does have an interesting story. That's that's very, very true. Uh, one last question, and then I will uh, let you get on with things because I, I don't know where in the world you are, but I have a feeling it's, it's uh, close to late at night there. Yeah, I'm I'm in Sweden right now. Actually, okay. it's almost right. it's almost eleven p.m. Okay, all right. That's that's for me. That's like super late at night. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you you have a book list on your website, and a part of that book list is business books that you have presumably read. Yes. Is, is there a book that you would recommend to an author community that most authors would either not have read, not have considered? but that you think would be really interesting uh, to them and, and could help them to, to understand just the world of business a little bit more? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, there are so many books popping up in my head now. Um, let's see. The first one I thought of is um, a book called Blue Ocean Strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the author, but it's a pretty famous book in the sort of business world. And it's. I think that some parts are a little 
sort of too dry. But the concept is super, super useful and something I have used in, in my whole business. And it's just about this thing of instead of trying to become like someone else, find your sort of blue ocean where no one is and you don't have to compete with anyone because you're doing your own thing. Um, but also I have to say that uh, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Holiday, if you're familiar with him. Mm-hmm. He has a, a few different books. Um, and maybe he, he is an author, but he's mostly just like an internet guy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, he, you know, he's he's like a, a genius marketer, mm-hmm. but he's also r- writing about philosophy and all these things. But uh, I think all his books are brilliant. But he also has this website where he writes sort of blog posts. Um, and there he has been writing this blog for, for, for years and years. It, and I would tell everyone, go into that blog and go down to like eight years ago before he sort of became this famous guy mm-hmm. because he was writing and he's still writing amazing stuff there. So read everything, but especially back then, because that was stuff that I can relate to um, now because he wasn't this big thing yet and I am not this big thing. So I can relate to what he was working through back then. And it was just about like strategy of, um, finding your people, but also self-development and just, uh, pushing through the hard the hard times. So I would say that, Ryan Holiday. <laughs> okay, that's two great, two great examples. And once again, you're like an old soul because the Blue Ocean, <laughs> the, the Blue Ocean book was written, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago? A long time ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're talking about Ryan Holiday from eight years ago, which is like an eternity <laughs> in, in the internet age. Yeah, I was a baby back then <laughs> when I found him. <laughs> All right, you have a new book coming out. Yes, I do. Yes. Tell us about it. My new book is called Everything Changed When I Forgave Myself. And this is a book uh, about growing up um, and finding finding some sort of peace with yourself. And again, this book is my my audience is uh, mostly to young people, but maybe there is someone someone else out there who can enjoy it too. So, <laughs> hey, we have some young people that listen to this. The person who edits my shows is a uh, a young lady. I think she's 16, 17 years old. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah, and she is a uh, a writer herself. She's working on her first book and I'm just thrilled to have her do these shows and hopefully learn from everything that that happens uh, as a part oh, of the show. That's beautiful. That yeah. I love that. And I think that that is, you know, uh, that's such a good example of just throwing yourself into something to learn. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, and actually, and, uh, a lot of people know this. Uh, if you've been listening a long time, I started this podcast because I wanted to write, and I thought, what better way to learn how to write than talking to authors? Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. All right, you have a podcast as well, which is not <laughs> what you would think of. It's nothing like it's nothing like this podcast. I listened to about half of an episode and your voice is so hypnotic um, that I subscribed. It's like, I want to listen to it, but it's like essays or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a super new project. It's just a little passion project. Um, It's sort of, yes, like spoken essays, I would say super short episodes, like between eight and 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I, I do sort of spoken poetry from my books uh, but usually it's just essays or writings on a subject that I've been thinking about a lot on 
change and and uh, growing up and believing in your dream and not giving up because that's where I am right now and uh, yeah I, I love it I it's super new like I said so I'm still sort of trying to get into it but I it's, love it so it's far. really <laughs> unique and oh. I, I'm excited I'm excited to listen to more I mean you you are doing everything I mean you you've <laughs> you've got music you've got a YouTube channel you're writing books you're doing a podcast you're coaching you're doing all this you know I would like to meet you at a party sometime and ask you what you do and then really ask you what you do Oh, thank you. Yeah, I hope we'll meet at a party sometime. <laughs> I doubt it. Maybe a, maybe a conference. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a concert. I can invite you to my concert. Even better. I would like that. I would like that a lot. Great. All right, so we have been speaking with singer, songwriter, author, and creative entrepreneur Charlotte Erickson. Charlotte, what's the best place for listeners to connect with you? You can go to my website, charlotteerickson.com. Um, or you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you want to find me. Um, yeah, please come say hi. I love talking to people and I love discussing all things books. So please come talk to me. All right. Thanks so much for being here. And thank you guys for listening. As always, we'll have show notes with links to everything we mentioned at theauthorbiz.com. And now we're going to play this out with one of Charlotte's songs. Yeah. Close my eyes, cause my time is pissing.
But I'll go on. 